hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I begin on the stories, I just wanted to mention, if you have your own personal scary story that you would like to send me for me to possibly narrate here on the channel, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. So if you have a personal true scary story that you'd like to share, please consider sending it my way. Now that all that's out of the way, let's begin. It was a Saturday night a little after midnight, and me and my boyfriend were in our apartment right on the couch near our front door, watching TV. All of a sudden, we heard loud noises. Someone was running up and down the stairs, and the door leading to the side of the complex opening and slamming. We instantly muted the TV so that we could hear, starting to get a little freaked out. We had heard some more running around the stairs, and then suddenly the doorknob started to violently shake. When it was clear to the person that the door was locked, we heard the hallway door open and then slam again. My boyfriend got up and stood by the door, looking out the peephole. We heard more running, and then the doorknob started violently shaking yet again. My boyfriend and I were so scared, and we both held our breaths and didn't make a sound. When we heard whoever it was move away from the door, my boyfriend said that he saw a white male with a black hoodie and a black hat through the peephole. I urged him to call the police, and he dialed 911 and told them everything. We both sat on the couch waiting for the police, still absolutely scared out of our minds, and just wondering what could have happened if he actually broke through the door. Luckily, the break-in attempt didn't go any further than just shaking and turning the knob. We also realized the deadbolt wasn't even locked. Soon after, a policeman came to our door, and after telling him everything that happened, the cop said he looked around but didn't see anyone but that he would go over the area again. After this incident, we put up ADT stickers and a fake security camera, and we also replaced the deadbolt with something newer and stronger. Well, exactly two weeks later, the same exact time, the doorbell to our apartment rang. My boyfriend had gone to bed early, and I had stayed up to finish up a show that I was watching on the couch. When I heard the doorbell, my entire body just froze. And I knew I should have gotten up to quickly look out the peephole, but I was way too scared to move. What was strange was I didn't hear any noises before or after, but I knew I wasn't crazy because my boyfriend had heard the ring too. There was no doubt in my mind that this was the same person from the first night. Now, I probably sound like a crazy person to most of you, but look, no one just rings the doorbell and walks away from it unless they're trying to fuck with you and the exact same day and time was just way too coincidental. Although the ADT stickers seemed to help, the fact that this man wasn't too far away was terrifying. A home invasion situation has always been a great fear of mine, as well as a reoccurring nightmare since I was a little kid. Our apartment complex is huge, with multiple buildings spanning over a great distance, so there's no main door with security clearance or even security guards patrolling the area. What is also very unnerving is this man could actually live in the complex and could sometime come back again. Resting easy has sometimes become hard to do here. Always keep your doors locked. This happened on a rainy Saturday night. My mom and I used to live about 10 minutes away from my grandparents and uncle and her parents and brother. We kind of had a habit of visiting them on the weekends and staying late 
especially when the drive was an easy one. However, on this night, the ranges kept coming down, so much so that my mom got scared of driving back home at one point. She doesn't do well in weather like this, and she tends to get paranoid. Little did we know how that paranoia could prove to be valid at times. So instead of continuing the drive back, we had stopped at a craft store that was located between our destinations. It was still opened, so there were people and cars in the parking lot, but we didn't pay them any attention. We just waited in the car for the rain to let up a little, to where my mom could see the road better. I think we stayed in the parking lot for about 20 minutes, until my mom decided the rain wasn't as bad as before, and so she finally took off. We had finally reached our apartment's parking lot with no issue from the rain, but unfortunately, I can't say the same about the people. When we entered the premises, I had noticed that a large red truck seemed to be following us. However, I thought that maybe it was someone else entering their home. Our apartment complex is relatively big, with a lot of units located side by side, so it wasn't out of the ordinary for some of the cars to take the same route. However, the trouble began when my mom was in the process of parking. The truck had parked right in front of her car, making it impossible to leave. Now, I try to think logically about stuff like this, and I just thought that maybe the person was picking someone up or just waiting for someone else to leave their parking spot, but that wasn't the intention. When my mom opened the door to see what was going on, her heart stopped. It was a man, and while I couldn't make out the words he was saying, I could hear his voice. It was a deep voice that had the hint of a southern accent. Cliché, I know, but it's true. However, when my mom and him were done talking, keep in mind, he's still in his truck, and she's just standing out with one leg out of the car. She then carefully and slowly made her way back inside. The first thing she did was lock all the doors, and I had tried to ask her what was going on, but she didn't say anything. Instead, she had used her phone to call my grandma. As soon as she picked up, my mom had started to cry as she told her what was going on. Mom, a man followed us home. He's got his truck parked in front of my car, and he said he's been following us for a while now, and that he'd really like to get to know me. My blood turned cold, and chills ran down my spine when I heard that. I just couldn't believe what the hell I was hearing. I was stunned into silence as tears filled my eyes. The first thing that ran through my mind was, what are we going to do? How are we going to get out of the car? What if he tries to follow us to our apartment? Could we even get that far? Again, what were we going to do? I heard my grandma on the other line, just as frantic as my mom, but clearly trying to keep a leveled head. She told my mom to keep all the doors locked, don't talk to him anymore, and then my grandpa and her were on their way. I know y'all might just ask, why didn't my mom just call the cops? Well, because they wouldn't have gotten there on time at least not compared to my grandparents, which, looking back on it now, probably wasn't the best idea. After all, we didn't know if this guy had any weapons or if there was anyone else in his truck, but what's done is done. My grandmother was determined to get to us and probably give the creep a piece of her mind too. Again, probably not the best idea either. She kept talking to my mom as she got ready, repeating her instructions over and over. All the while, my mom and I just stared at the truck, never getting a good look at the guy's face, but somehow just knowing that he was just watching us as well. It was a frozen standoff, 
with no one making any sudden movements. But it was during this time that I had really started to ponder my mom's words. The guy said he had been following us for a while, but I didn't see anyone doing so when we left my grandparents' house. Therefore, I came to the conclusion that this creep probably noticed us in the parking lot of the store and just decided to take his chances by following us home. How much of a sick, twisted individual do you really have to be to think of something like this? My mom and I both are really petite individuals, not a hint of muscle to be seen. Even if we wanted to run, we wouldn't get that far in the rain. Plus, where we parked at was literally the opposite of our apartment. We would have had to walk past the guy's truck, get across the street, and then walk up a flight of stairs just to make it home safely. I'm not even sure honking the car's horn would have done any good, since our neighbors don't pay attention to stuff like this, and normally just keep to themselves. So all in all, we were stuck. Our best bet was to just wait for our relatives and hope the guy doesn't try anything. And by some miracle, that's what happened. I don't know what went through this creep's mind before he finally got the hint that we weren't getting out and we would stay all day in the car if we had to. Plus, maybe he just caught sight of my mom's phone and just decided that it wasn't worth the hassle. And with that, he backed up his truck, then took off out of the complex. Not even a minute later, my grandparents and uncle had arrived. They didn't see any red truck, so I could only assume that the creep took off in the opposite direction, but he seemed to be gone. My grandmother had to calm down my mom, but we were okay. We made it to our apartment. All the while, my relatives kept an eye out for anyone suspicious. Once we were inside, we thought about what we should do. My mom was really worried that this creep might come back, or that maybe he had been following us even before then. Whatever the case, she didn't want to call the police. Mainly because we didn't really get a good look at the man or see his license plate numbers. I mean, what could they really do based on that information? Plus, red trucks aren't exactly a rarity where I live. There's at least two of them that live near us, so we don't even know if any of those individuals are the right person. Thankfully, nothing else ever came out of the scary experience other than the fact that we always keep an eye out for people taking the same route home as us. Be safe out there. Back in the early 2000s, I lived in Queens, New York with my brother or sister-in-law and their two kids. At the time, I was living there because my parents had recently moved to another state and I decided to stay in New York. I was in college at the time and I had an early class on Saturdays. Usually they would all be gone on Saturday mornings as well, shopping or running some errands. So often when I got back home from school, no one was there and I was able to have about half an hour or so to myself. I got home at around 1pm and went into our apartment building and to the third floor where our apartment was. It was a pretty safe building and we never really had any problems with anyone there. I went inside the apartment and just let the door shut on its own since it was a slam shut lock. I usually would put the added lock on too but I knew that they'd be home soon so I didn't. I rummaged through the fridge and then plopped down on the couch, but then got back up to look for something to drink. While I was in the kitchen, I had heard the doorbell and I assumed it was just the kids. Often they would get to the door before their parents and then they'd ring the doorbell because they knew I was probably home. So I went to open the door and something just told me to look through the peephole just to make sure it was them. And to my surprise, it wasn't. 
It was two men, one with glasses and kind of burly, and I can't really remember what the other man looked like. I said out loud, Who is it? No answer. I said it again, and the same response. I noticed the man with the glasses reach for the knob and trying to turn it, but luckily, I'm still looking through the peephole. So I jump right into survival mode and lock the regular lock as well as the deadbolt. Thank goodness they decided to leave, but it was one of the scariest moments I think that I've ever lived through. I don't know what would have happened if I had just opened the door without looking through the peephole first. I may not be alive today to tell this story. When my sister-in-law and my niece and nephew got home, I asked if they had seen anyone, since they had arrived home maybe 10 or 15 minutes after that happened, but they said no. I later on told everyone what happened, and everyone just thought I was crazy. When I was about 10 years old, my mom and my dad had dropped me and my younger brother off at my aunt's new apartment. We of course had so much fun because she was super young and she really loved us kids. So after a long day of playing with her, she puts us to bed in her living room on a pull-out sofa. I remember now that her attitude seemed off the last few hours before we went to bed. It had to have been around 10 at night because it was really dark and I had almost fallen completely asleep. When she then got a knock on her door, she opened it and I heard hushed panic whispers of her saying, No, you, you need to leave right now. I have my niece and nephew here. Please just leave. And that's when her scary ex-boyfriend rushed in the door. Mind you, he'd always scared the crap out of me. He was also super tall, around six foot two, and he had a shaved mohawk, and he just always seemed off to me. So after he rushed in the door and almost knocked down my aunt, he grabbed her by the hair and then drug her into the bathroom. And that's when I heard the sounds of him beating the shit out of her. She was pleading with him, almost still trying to stay quiet since she thought me and my brother were dead asleep. I could hear things breaking as she was being thrown into all the walls and furniture. And I had gotten up and I went to shut the bedroom door, not knowing what to do. I contemplated knocking and letting him know that I was awake, thinking that would make him stop hurting my aunt. Right as I almost built up the courage to do so, I heard him coming to the door to open it. I then ran as fast as I could back into the bed with my brother and pulled the covers over my head. He must have heard me because he came right over to the bed, pulled the covers off me and my brother, then said, Why are you awake? You need to go back to sleep right now. I said that I just needed water, and then he went to the kitchen and got me some. He then goes back into the room where my aunt was. He found out that she had called the police, and I heard him scream at her, then throw the phone into the wall. At this point, my younger brother had woken up and I'm now trying to get him up so that we can run to the neighboring apartment and get some help. As we got up from bed, the ex-boyfriend comes out dragging my aunt by her hair as she's now on the ground, and he's pulling her out of the apartment door while she's screaming. She lived about two floors up, and he dug her down from the outside concrete steps, as both me and my brother watched in absolute horror and guilt for not helping her. We were so young, so there was absolutely nothing we really could have done. Finally, the police arrive, and they checked out my aunt. But since she had us with her, she didn't go to the hospital. But her psycho ex-boyfriend got hauled away to jail. My aunt just held us as we were all crying, and she apologized to us profusely, even though it wasn't her fault that this guy was really sick in the head. 
Years go by and she had gotten married to a really great guy and had a baby and tried to put her past behind her. When, through the grapevine of their old acquaintances, my family found out the ex had moved on with his life also. He had knocked up a girl and they had their baby. Well, while he was watching the baby while the mother was at work, he apparently lost his temper and he decided to throw the newborn baby into its crib. Well, he ended up killing the baby and then went to prison for years because of it. It's such a sad story for that poor baby, and I'm sure that the mom is still destroyed from it. I'm just so thankful that he didn't kill my aunt that night. Definitely the worst thing I've ever experienced. This just happened recently. So for some background, I'm a 21-year-old medium-built tall female. In May of 2021, my best friend unfortunately committed suicide. That's when I met Alexis, which was supposedly his girlfriend, but none of us ever heard of her. She seemed super sweet and she was very torn apart about Ethan. Ethan is the friend that committed suicide by the way. I'm using that name for privacy reasons. Ethan was such an amazing person and he was loved by so many. Alexis and I seemed to get along really well with each other and we really bonded over our love for Ethan. It kind of just struck me as weird though that Ethan never introduced her to me or any of his other friends or family. The only people who really knew of her was the family he lived with. That kind of seems like a red flag to me. I was still trying to process his death, so I didn't really think too much of it at the time. Some months pass and Alexis and I are locked at the hip, always hanging out and doing stuff together. I was trying to find a new place to live because my lease was up, and I was on a month-to-month -month basis. Alexis was living with her grandma at the time, and she really wanted to move out. So, we decided to get a place together. We moved in at the end of August of 2021. We got a two-bedroom apartment, and it was really nice. We were both really super excited about it. A couple of weeks went by, and everything was fine until Alexis started using Tinder and she met her new boyfriend Nate on there. I thought she was kind of rushing things a little considering Ethan had just died only a couple months ago, but I did just want her to be happy. I met Nate and he seemed really nice and he seemed to really adore Alexis, but then a couple days later he ended up getting kicked out of the place he was at and ended up moving in with us. It was only supposed to be a first couple of weeks max but it ended up being two full months. I know, kind of a red flag. At first, everything was good, but then things got really irritating and totally out of hand. It started out that Nate would never clean up after himself, never did any chores, and never paid any of the bills. I mean, he was basically just mooching off of us. He was also extremely rude and really disrespectful. I tried to talk to Alexis about this and she would always just defend him, saying that he's trying or he really doesn't mean it. They would always constantly fight and argue about something. Side note, Nate has no job, no car, no license, pretty much nothing. He was basically a bum. It really bothered me, but no matter how many times I tried to share my concerns with Alexis, they would always just get pushed off to the side. She was constantly making excuses for him. Then one night, in November of 2021, right before Thanksgiving, at about 1.30 a.m., I had heard a loud pounding in my bedroom door, and at first, I thought that I was dreaming because I was in a deep sleep at the time. Then, 
I had heard yelling and screaming. I was fully awake now. I heard more and I threw off the covers and then ran out there as I was really pissed. I asked, What the fuck's going on out here? Alexa said to me, He needs to get the fuck out. Basically, they were fighting again because Nate had accused Alexis of cheating on him. Mind you, he would never let her go anywhere. She couldn't even have a job and he would always go through her phone. Major, major red flag. I told Nate to get the fuck out of my house and he continued to pack his shit. There was a lot more fighting and screaming and he ended up threatening to kill us. He also pushed us as well. Then, he actually claimed that he was possessed by Ethan to move in here and then tell us all this nonsense and bullshit. At this point, I was beyond pissed off. I screamed at him for bringing my best friend into the situation he had caused. He was legit insane. Finally, he slammed the door, then left. He then continued to scream in the stairwell of our apartment, and I called 911. While I was on the phone with them, Nate was actually trying to kick in our apartment door. When they sent the police, they didn't even do anything. After that happened, we didn't hear from Nate for a couple of weeks. I found out that him and Alexis actually got back together. This went on for about a couple of months, no matter how many times he abused her or cheated on her. I was really scared for Alexis, but she was so into him, it was crazy. It was like she was drawn to him or something. In the beginning of January 2022, me and my boyfriend had finally made it official. I was over at his place constantly because I just didn't feel safe at my own home because Alexis was always bringing Nate there. Fast forward to the beginning of February 2022. I worked third shift, and I had worked the previous night, so I didn't wake up until 2 p.m. Friday afternoon at my boyfriend's. I woke up from texts from Alexis saying that my cat's eye looked infected, and she asked what the fuck I did to him. I had no idea where this was coming from, because the cats were totally fine the last time I was there, which was Thursday morning. She had sent me a picture of my cat's infected eye and told me that whatever I did wasn't okay. I was so confused as to why she thought I was abusing not only my two cats, but hers as well. This literally came out of nowhere. Then, my best friend came over to my boyfriend's to take me to work, since she was borrowing my car, and asked if I saw her Facebook post. I wasn't able to see it, and neither could my boyfriend, but everyone else could. She had made some kind of post praying for the cats, and she couldn't say what was going on. I told my mom, and she ended up texting her, since Alexis wasn't answering me. She then told my mom how she actually called the cops on me for abusing the cats. I was so shocked and hurt, and I didn't understand what the hell was happening. I've been around my animals my whole life. I even had a pony for almost 10 years until she passed away of old age. I couldn't understand where this was coming from. My best friend and I went over there to talk to Alexis to see what was going on. She claimed that things just seemed fishy and made no sense at all. Finally, after talking to her for over an hour, she seemed to believe that I wasn't abusing them. Side note, I did end up getting the cat's eyes checked out at the vet, and they both have an upper respiratory infection, which is something that's been going around with all of the animals. Then shortly after I went into my room, I was absolutely shocked to open my door and see that my whole room had been destroyed. Alexis then came in behind me and shut my door. She explained that Nate came into my room and then destroyed it because he thought I was abusing the cats. I was honestly just so hurt and devastated. She claimed she tried to stop him, but he pushed her. She made him half-ass claim some of it up, but my room was still a mess. My bed and dresser were moved, 
Everything was knocked off my dresser and a jewelry box too. He also broke my lamp. He punched a hole into my jewelry box and my wall. He also stole over a thousand dollars worth of jewelry from me. I broke down and so did Alexis. Both my best friend and I tried to convince her to leave because obviously it wasn't safe here, but she was so convinced that she loved him. She also said that he was the one putting stuff inside her head about me supposedly abusing the cats. I eventually made a police report about the vandalism done to my room. After that, Nate kept calling and harassing Alexis, and she left to go to her car to talk to him. I called my boyfriend's sister, and I told her what happened because I didn't know what to do. She told me to pack my shit because I was moving in with them because she didn't want me in harm's way anymore. Mind you, I've known them for at least three to four years. So my best friend and I pack up as much as we could, then left. Nate continued to harass me and even moved into the apartment after I moved out. I never responded to him though and sent everything to the police. That's still an ongoing investigation. I signed off of my lease and I've been living with my boyfriend ever since. Alexis and I are no longer friends anymore and honestly, I just hope they both get the help that they need. She definitely changed after she met Nate and was never the same person again. I'm really glad I moved out and was able to get out of that scary situation. I definitely didn't feel safe staying there. I would just like to add, if you're ever in an abusive relationship, please seek help. As someone who's not only experienced it themselves, but has seen it firsthand, you have people who love and support you, and you can leave. Also, if you ever feel like you'd be better off dead, please call someone. I really wish my best friend had called me. Unfortunately, this time, I didn't get the phone call. And that pain you leave behind, well, I wouldn't even wish it on my worst enemy. Stay safe out there, everyone, and thank you for listening.